Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Professor Hotez, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. Would you provide us some context to these numbers that we're hearing? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me back. I, you know, I think when you look at those numbers, the, the big one that stands out for me is what's going on in Spain and Italy, where the number of people dying is much higher than other other parts of the world in terms of the number of infections. So, you know, in Italy right now, you have about 100,000 cases and 10,000 deaths. That's a 10% case fatality rate uh, versus other countries. Spain's pretty high, too. So you want to look what what's going on in Italy and Spain where so many more people are dying. And I think the answer is has to do with that surge, meaning the number of sick patients that all come in at once and then overwhelm the health system so that the staff can't take care of everybody, can't put everybody, provide the uh, adequate intensive uh, care support. So, so there's a lesson learned there that we need to get ahead of this pretty quickly and, and prevent that kind of surge. Now, the question everybody has on their minds is what progress is being made toward a vaccine against COVID-19? You're very much involved in that. Where do we stand? Well, we're, uh, we're developing a vaccine. We have a candidate that we're hoping to move into clinical trials, and, and others do as well. And there's already one that's begun clinical testing, and hopefully we'll be uh, advancing uh, to maybe around a half a dozen or even a dozen uh, candidates in clinical trials. There's some reports maybe as 43 different groups are working working on a vaccine. Ours tends to be more shovel-ready in the sense that we have one already manufactured, uh, but others will follow. The problem is vaccine development kind of moves slowly because we have to uh, ensure that it's adequately tested for safety and also make sure it works. And that's not usually quick. So Dr. Anthony Fauci of the U.S. National Institutes of Health says, a year to 18 months, I think that's pretty optimistic. I mean, a good example was Ebola vaccine that took five years. So the point is we're going to have to look for other options right now in terms of what we can do to help patients. Can we talk about that a little bit? There's been some talk about, and the medications have been named, that might be uh, in the medical arsenal already, which show promise for patients diagnosed with COVID-19. Yes, that's right. Uh, you know, the one that I'm particularly excited about and I've been championing, of course, championing our vaccine, but uh, for something right now is what's called plasma convalescent antibody therapy. And what it means basically is you identify groups of individuals who've been infected with the virus, the SARS-2 virus that causes COVID-19. They recover from it. They have high levels of antibody. You, you uh, identify the patients that have high levels of antibody, you take out their blood, give them back their red blood cells, but then you harvest their plasma uh, and to, to collect the antibody, which you can then give to either sick patients or even potentially healthcare providers to prevent them from getting sick. And there's been a small study in China suggesting that that's effective. And historically, it's worked uh, with the original SARS 
that, if you remember, affected Toronto, Canada uh, in, uh, in 2003, uh, when that was looked at in China and elsewhere, it worked. So we think it could work again, and I think that's, I mean, we, we have to step up our game around that one and make it available. What are the greatest challenges this particular coronavirus is presenting to medical research, and where has real progress been made? Well, the greatest challenge is trying to do this while accelerate new technologies while you're fighting an epidemic. We, we just don't have a lot of precedent for that, of making new drugs, vaccines, diagnostics in the middle of a terrible epidemic where people are dying, and especially with a new virus agent. So usually, you know, you have some time. It can, you have a few years to, to get all these in order. And and we don't have that time, so there's this incredible sense of urgency in trying to figure out how to how to accelerate these technologies. So, you know, I'm I've been on teleconferences morning to night uh, with our scientists who are now in the lab, developing, you know, advancing this vaccine to clinical trials, talking to the World Health Organization, talking to colleagues uh, in Seattle and in India, you name it. Uh, uh, I m- made the joke to my wife. I said, I feel like I have to press star six just to talk to you because <laughs> that's how you unmute your phone on a teleconference. So so it's, it's all hands on deck. And, and then in between, trying to educate the nation and going on uh, CNN and Fox News, et cetera, and MSNBC. So it's been a very trying time, but a very meaningful time as well. Let's talk about what's going on in the United States. And uh, there is some mixed messaging from President Trump on this. On the one hand, he considered quarantining New York, Connecticut, and uh, New Jersey, although no longer, I understand. And on the other side of the uh, coin, he wants to protect the economy by getting people back to work quickly, perhaps in a matter of a very few weeks. What do you say to that? Well, I think, you know, if if you're going to be charitable, I think what you say is, when a nation confronts a new virus pathogen that's causing a serious epidemic, or in this case a pandemic, it's one of the hardest things a country does. And and I've been through this now for a couple of decades with anthrax attacks in Washington and then SARS and then MERS and then Ebola in 2014 and Zika. So it's, it's hard to get it right. And, uh, and sometimes the path forward is not always clear. And so I think, you know, because the way the president can be a bit unfiltered, you know, where we're hearing more than what he's thinking about uh, rather than the product of, of careful deliberation. And I think that, that that's probably a component of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that there's, uh, I'm by no means on the inside, but that there's a lot of hand-wringing and trying to figure out what the best course of action is. And these are probably all ideas that have been floated in, in and around the White House. Professor Hodes, thank you very much for the time. I always appreciate you when you uh, when you join us and bring us up to date on the uh, perspective of the vaccines and what's going on in the United States, because what happens in the U.S. affects all of us. Unfortunately, we do have a lot of international cooperation in the effort to find the, uh, the solution to the pandemic. Thank you for the time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.